I know you're paying attention to global events as well as what's going on in our nation. War and increased conflict is bubbling up in more places. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. Call Oxford Gold Group right now, and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. 833-995-G-O-L-D. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny. The warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to today's edition of the Rush Limbaugh Show podcast. Hey, folks, it's great to be back. Really great to be back. And I need to uh, ask you a favor. I need you to give you give me a, a few minutes here just to get my sea legs. This has been a very, very bad couple of weeks for me. I don't want to get into any more detail about it. Those of you who've been through this know exactly what I'm talking about. But it has not been um, well, it's not been a break in the sense that it hasn't been restful or relaxing or any kind of uh, what people would call a vacation. But I wanted to get back, and here we are behind the Golden EIB microphone, the Rush Limbaugh program, where every show seems like the most important show. Where every caller matters, every caller, people move to the edge of their chairs to hear what the caller says. And every program reverberates with the truth that the country we are born in is the best. Great to have you with us. Telephone number is 800-282-2882. And I'm sure that numbers of you want to weigh in. And we'll do our best here to get to as many people on the phones today as possible. Um, if you want to send an email, the address is elrushbow at uh, eibnet.us. First thing I want to do, folks, I want, I want to go back to uh, audio soundbite. And by the way... Part of getting my sea legs today is is um, I'm going to be hitting this cough button a lot. Uh, not to cough, but to um, do other bodily things that would sound rude to do on the air. So there's going to be a little dead air during the program today. Uh, but it's that's not a, a major thing, nothing to worry about. I just wanted to prepare you for the fact that uh, that, that is... No, I'm talking about blowing my nose. Don't go there, Snurdly. I'm just talking about blowing my nose. I'm talking about other stuff. <laughs> anyway, um, the the primary, uh, well, it's hard to say primary. So many people want to weigh in on so much today. 
Um, and I don't really blame you. There's going to be a infinite number of emotions and uh, explanations today, and I'm going to be weighing in myself on all of this. But I want to take you back to October 10th, 2016. This is before the election in 2016. This is before Donald Trump stunned the world in 2016. And the reason I want to play the soundbite for you is that I warned everybody of the very real possibility of what we are living through today. And can I tell you what we're living through today? Well, let me let me just give it to you in one short sentence fragment. One wrong word, dot, dot, dot. The listening devices are out there. People monitoring this program and others, they're out there and they're waiting for just one wrong word. That's how precariously balanced we all are here. For example, uh, before I get to this soundbite, see something I just said reminded me of something, a point that I wanted to make, and that is Bill Barr. Let me find it. Bill Barr has... Everybody's condemning Trump. I mean, really, that's the point. Everybody now. Lindsey Graham, we've got that soundbite. In fact, that's late in the stack. Let me see if I can find the number. Lindsay have 14 standing by as well. Um, the Attorney General, William Barr, who has resigned, said that Trump betrayed the presidency by inciting a mob. And I had a number of people send me this. How can he do this? How can these people be abandoning Trump? Let me explain it to you. And I'll get right to audio soundbite number 18. If you today desire a life in Washington, D.C., and I don't just mean if you want to be in the Washington establishment, quote unquote. If you desire a life in official Washington, I don't mean if you want to work at Riggs Bank. I mean, if you want if you want to. If you want to live in the political elected class in Washington, you have to say that. You have to say it. There's no alternative for you. If you're elected, you might have, uh, like Josh Hawley is not backing down. Matt Gates is not backing down. But most of them are. Because they desire a life in Washington, they have to say Trump betrayed the presidency. Here's what I said, October 10th, 2016. The establishment, with everything they are invested in the establishment, remaining the establishment and in power, they're just not going to sit back and trust this to your votes. They're not going to trust this to an election, to a campaign. They're not going to trust it at all. They're going to do everything they can to destroy whoever it is that wants to take control from them. And in the process, they're going to destroy that person so as to send a message to the next guy, don't even think about it. Don't even try. Look what we did to Donald Trump. Look what we did to whoever is the message. Don't doubt me. That's that's three weeks before the election in 2016. How was I able to say it? Nah, you know, I know the people on the left. I know exactly who the enemy is and what we're up against. And I know who they are and I know how they think. And I know how they roll. I know how they live. 
I know how you don't do this to them. You don't do it. And the first chance you give them to eliminate you, they are going to take it. Now, let's go to Monday. Sirius Radio, Satellite Radio, the Dean Obadiah Show, talking to Hank Johnson. Congressman, Democrat, Georgia. Question, it would be so detrimental to our party if the Biden administration would say, well, Trump did some bad things, but let's look forward. It would be so destructive to our party if that's the way we... In other words, they want a scalp. They want somebody buried. They want a coffin, folks. They want a political coffin. There's none of this Richard Nixon stuff. Let's put him on Air Force One and send him out to... San Luis Obispo and let us forget him. San Clemente, wherever. There's none of this. George W. Bush sent him down to Dallas and let's just pretend it never happened. They want a political coffin. Here's what Hank Johnson said in reaction to that claim. We don't want to be nice. We don't want to move forward. We want blood. We've got to make sure that those who come after Donald Trump know that they will not be allowed to get away with what Donald Trump did, that they will be held accountable. They will be treated, yes, like Negroes. They will be perp-walked to the jail, hands handcuffed, not in front of them, but behind them. And uh, they will be booked, fingerprinted, have to make bond, and have to hire a lawyer just like everybody else and go through the system if we allow him to get away with it, there'll be others who try to do the same thing. And we don't even want them to think about trying to do what Trump has done. There you go. So three weeks before the election, I essentially predicted exactly what's happened yesterday and today to Donald Trump, to you who voted for him. Hank Johnson comes along on Monday and confirms it. He doesn't know he's confirming what I said because he doesn't know what I said because Hank Johnson doesn't listen, but he'll talk to people about me as though he does. Here's Lindsey Graham last night, Senate floor, after debate resumed on the objection to the Arizona electoral votes. Trump and I, we've had a hell of a journey. I hate it being this way. Oh, my God, I hate it. From my point of view, he's been a consequential president. But today, first thing you'll see. All I can say is uh, count me out. Enough is enough. I've tried to be helpful. There you have it. If you want a life in Washington, you have to say that. If you want a life in the political class, even as a loser Republican, you have to say that. That's the reality of life on the ground in Washington today. And it will be the case tomorrow. I don't know for how long it's going to be the case. But it is the immediate future. So get used to it. The voices of dissent will be silenced on Facebook and Twitter, including Donald Trump, including you. The voices of dissent will be dealt with accordingly. And I've been thinking so many things, folks, during all of this, when I've had moments of... uh, shall we say, consciousness. Imagine how things might be different today. And I know it's no fun to play this game because it doesn't accomplish anything, but I still, 
I want to get some of these things out there and off my chest. Imagine how things might be different today if Congress was as mad, was as outraged, when private businesses were being burned to the ground and innocent citizens were attacked this past summer during riots across the country in Seattle, in Minneapolis, New York City, Portland, Oregon. Imagine if there was anything near the degree of outrage over all of that when it was not the political class property being torched and destroyed. It was not the political class's lifestyle that was being summarily attacked. Nothing was done about it. It, In fact, it was ignored in the mainstream media. Mainstream media? What riot? Where? What what violence? There ain't any violence. There's peaceful protests out there. What are you talking about? There's no riots. And they didn't show any videotape of any of the burning and the looting and all that. You had to search for it yourself because there isn't any news anymore. And if you had no idea that it had happened, you wouldn't even go look for it because you didn't know it had happened. People who make the country work, though, they were outraged. People who make the country work wanted names, wanted justice. Imagine how frustrated and angry Congress would be if the riots that happened yesterday, if you want to call them that, happened for months. Can you imagine what if that if what happened in one day went on for months like it did this past? Can you imagine how outraged they would be? They didn't put up with it for one day when they think they are the targets. In fact, the rioters this past summer were said to be mostly peaceful. The people protesting yesterday got no such benefit of the doubt. Even the most fervent and ardent supporters of the president, columnists in the media, have turned 180 degrees against Donald Trump. Because if you desire a career in political Washington which includes political New York and political Boston and so forth, you have to abandon Donald Trump. And you have to pretty much blame him for everything that's gone wrong. And you have to get as close as you can to apologizing for helping him. What if the Capitol Police... What if, like last summer, we're running around here demanding the police departments of this country be defunded? Can you imagine the political class in Washington if the Capitol Police were said to be defunded? If somebody were running around making a movement out of defunding the Capitol Police, can you imagine the reaction of Nancy Pelosi and Steny Hoyer and all the rest? How would that feel to them? So there's two sets of rules. As we told you, there will continue to be two sets of rules. The law will not be applied fairly to various rioters because it matters who you are when you're rioting, not what you are doing. This we now know beyond a shadow of a doubt. 
doesn't matter what you do. It's who you are when you're doing it. What if those arrested yesterday had been bailed out by the NRA? You remember how Hollywood leftists and a number of other left-wing political activists, including journalists, were bailing out people put in jail during the riots this past, under the peaceful protests this past summer? What if the NRA were bailing out people that were engaged in the protests of yesterday? Oh, can you imagine the outrage of that? Leftist groups did exactly that this past summer, and the media said, what? They didn't care. Democrats did not care. That simple. Two sets of rules. So a brief break. We will uh, we will come back and resume right after this. We'll work your phone calls into today's incredible excursion into broadcast excellence. Sit tight, folks. Greetings. Welcome back. Rush Limbaugh, Cutting Edge Societal Evolution. We live and work today treading and walking a minefield, folks. One wrong word. Now, privately, we knew something like this might explode. I predicted it. Not to make a big deal of that, but I predicted it in 2016, even before the election. And it was not based on Trump then. Oh, it was, but it was based on how you do not do to the Washington establishment what Trump was in the process of doing. You just don't do it. You don't do it. You don't get away with it. You don't survive it if you do get away with it. That's what I knew. Well, there's a way to survive it. We've shown we didn't know how. And the reason we didn't know how is that not enough people know the left. That's why I said to you the last day I was here in 2020 that I feel like in much, not much, but in some of what I've done here the last 30 years, I've failed. I failed to properly educate and inform people about the most important aspect of our politics. Who is the American and worldwide left? The way you survive these kind of things is knowing the answer to that. Not enough people on our side, elected officials included, have the foggiest idea even today who they are. And I don't mean by facial recognition. I mean by the way they think. Their lack of conventional morality. Their lack of a devotion to traditions and institutions that we all used to hold dear and have in common. Remind you of a John Adams quote here. One of my favorite founding fathers, by the way. John Adams said, maybe you'll listen if I say John Adams tweeted. Yeah, that's a ticket. John Adams tweeted this back in the 1800s, actually 1700s. Zuckerberg didn't know how to censor his own network then. We have no government armed with power capable of contending, sorry, contending with human passion unbridled by morality and religion. In other words, you have to translate these guys. 
we do not have a constitution. We do not have the power to deal with immoral and unreligious or irreligious people. Avarice, ambition, revenge, gallantry would break the strongest cords of our Constitution as a whale goes through a net. In other words, our Constitution is not made for people who are not moral. Constitution is not made for people who are irreligious. Our Constitution is designed, said John Adams, only for a moral and religious people. It is wholly inadequate for any other. He knew. He knew that that was the limitation. Because that's who they were. So, ladies and gentlemen, I have been looking at the media coverage. I've started doing that again. I finally decided I had to turn it on to figure out what's going on out there. At least what they're telling us is going on. Man, oh, man. Based on what I'd heard, you know, I was, I was looking for all the fires and all the stores in downtown Washington. I was looking for video of a bunch of people walking in there and then walking out with a bunch of Gucci and uh, Yves Saint Laurent bags. Yeah, I was looking for all of that. I was looking for fires. I, I, was, I was looking for burning automobiles. I was looking for Antifa mobs claiming they had set aside a two or three block area of town as a you can't come here zone. I didn't see any of that. What do you mean? There weren't any fires? There wasn't any looting? Well, then what the hell were they talking about was going on? They, I know they broke some windows at the Capitol and so forth. Yeah, I know they, they, they breached the... Uh, they took some selfies. Oh, that's what they took. They took selfies. So you can set fire to a downtown strip of any blue state city. Portland, Seattle, Minneapolis, New York... And it's called a peaceful protest, but you dare not set foot where the political class lives and works and does its job. Where were I mean I, I expected to see mobs and mobs of people with Gucci and Chanel purses being shoved in the backs of uh, 2021 SUVs. I guess the small businesses in Washington, D.C. are all still intact then? Is that what you're telling me? They weren't even attacked? Oh, wow. So the fire department didn't have to stand back and let the fires go, let people get their their anger out? There was none of that? What what was it, Trump's inauguration? The fire... Oh, oh, they lit the fires that Trump's inauguration... You're talking about like four years ago. Oh, and that's where the fire department uh, stood back and let... Oh, okay. Okay, well, I'm, I got misunderstood because based on the, on, the, on the reporting yesterday, I was thinking, man, oh, man, by this morning, we're not going to have a city. So I guess I was wrong. I was wrong. I'm sorry. I was wrong. I heard wrong. I read tweets wrong. It was my fault. I'm sorry. I read wrong. How's that? Okay. So, um, no, I still don't have my sea legs yet. But trust me, I don't. But but they're getting closer. And by the way, please, folks, pardon my sniffles. Uh, that's 
going to try to do it as little as I can. Some of it's habitual, but I'll try to hit the cough switch as often as I can. I really do not mean to be rude. But let me let me get serious here for a minute. Let me, for years now, decades even, we've watched as the Democrats, in the guise of protesters, in the guise of anarchists, as Occupy Wall Street protesters, more recently in the guise of anti-Trump protesters, as Antifa, as Black Lives Matter protesters, an avowed, acknowledged, so-stated communist group, Black Lives Matter, right on their website, proudly proclaiming their ties to Marxism. And yet here's every professional sports league signing on. Advocating, amplifying, getting on board. They've burned down ICE offices. They've burned down police precincts. They've burned down political federal courthouses. After barricading people inside of them. They've taken over freeways. They've taken over entire cities. They have looted and burned portions of cities to the ground. They have torn down statues that have linkages to our past. They have burned and looted stores and businesses in almost every state of the Union. The Democrats, in the guise of journalists, have praised these protesters as justified and even heroic. And none of these Democrats in the guise of protesters has been shot by the police. In fact, hardly any of these protesters have been arrested. And if they are arrested, they are released immediately with friendly Democrats posting bail. Biden staffers and Commie Harris and corporations have helped raise money to bail them out. Corporations have poured untold hundreds of millions of dollars into the coffers of these protesters. So, with a record of that, as our recent history, yesterday hundreds of thousands of people, Americans, who have gotten tired of being ignored and lied about and smeared as racists by these very Democrats in the media and the popular culture. Americans who have gotten fed up with having elections stolen from them by the Democrats, including the White House. Now they think two more Senate seats have been stolen, and they thought they were going to be stolen even before the election. And these people went to Washington. They weren't protesters paid by George Soros of the Democrat Party. The overwhelming majority of these Americans were well-behaved and respectful. They're not known. These are Republicans. They don't raise mayhem. They don't know how. How many times have we sat here over 30 years bemoaning the fact that this is not what Republicans do? That they're either too busy working or they don't know how or they're waiting for somebody else to do it. But the fact remains they don't do it. Republicans do not join protest mobs. They do not loot and they don't riot. 
to the, to the grand disappointment of many people. But a tiny minority of these protesters, and undoubtedly including some Antifa Democrat-sponsored instigators, did decide to go to the Capitol to protest, the People's House, by the way, just as Democrats in the guise of Code Pink and a thousand other guises have done before. They actually raided Senate hearings. Code Pink actually got in the damn hearing room, raised hell, threatened violence. They were there because Democrat senators gave them invitations. They were politely escorted out after their political message had been given and covered on television. As recently as this time last year, anti-Trump protests were held in the Capitol during the impeachment. But all of a sudden, protesting Congress is being called the end of the world. Can't have this. The worst crime against democracy in our nation's history. And yet, all kinds of anti-presidential protests were held in the Capitol during impeachment. Nobody was concerned about it in terms of the damage being done to our government institutions. And in the mother of all ironies, the Democrats in the media are calling yesterday's protest a bloody coup attempt. A bloody coup attempt, even though the only blood spilled was that of an unarmed Trump supporter who was shot. An unarmed white woman who was an Air Force veteran who had been done, who had done four tours of duty in the Middle East defending the right to protest, were supposed to be horrified by the protesters. Meanwhile, four years of a coup launched in the Oval Office of Barack Obama to overturn the election results of 2016 and not a single word of concern about the potential damage to our Constitution. No, they were just utter denials. We didn't do it. I don't know what you're talking about. Trump's got to go. Trump's poison. So, yeah, there's a lot of of irony out there. And there's a lot of people calling for the end of violence. There's a lot of conservatives, social media who say that any violence or aggression at all is unacceptable, regardless of the circumstances. I'm glad Sam Adams, Thomas Paine, the actual Tea Party guys, the men at Lexington and Concord didn't feel that way. Okay, let's get started on the phones. Today's excursion into broadcast excellence. This is Rachel in Brooklyn. I'm glad you called, Rachel. How are you? Hi, Rush. Uh, thank you so much for all you've done for USA, and uh, we appreciate it and all the best to you. I'd like to tell you that I think President Trump has been a prince of a president, the best president the country ever, ever had. He never did anything criminal, never anything at all 
and the other side has done all the criminal and illegal stuff. And it is unbelievable that they could get into all the courts illegally, change everything illegally, and he can't go to court with his lawyers legally. Every door is closed to him. The 75-plus million people that voted for him... Okay, wait, wait, Rachel, Rachel, wait a minute. I want to follow you. See, you're, it's unbelievable they could get into all the courts illegally. Who is they? The, the lawyers of the Lib Dems trying to... Not trying, but changing all of what was in place for safe and legal voting. Trump had nobody on his side, not the FBI, not the CIA, not the DOJ, not his AGs, not the Supreme Court, not his lawyer Cohn. He was called Nazi and Hitler every other day when he was a gem, he is a gem of a person, a very, very loyal person to this country, a very, very loyal person, and all they did was beat him up. He was impeached, the Russians, Avenatti, everything, every day, but he stood strong. I don't know how he did it, because it's not even humanly possible they were the ones that try to have this coup year after year after year, story after story. It, it, and he, he withstood it, and he shone, and he did more than any other president. I am very proud of him. I will not ever think of what happened yesterday was his fault. There were hundreds and hundreds of thousands of Americans there gathering together because he, they needed comfort from what happened, and he did win the election. And uh, you know, Rachel, that. you know what's going on. Hey, hang on. Rachel, you know what's going on today. What's going on is yet another attempt. They've tried for four years now and counting to get people like you to denounce Trump. And it's beginning to work. Trump supporters in the Senate finally threw him overboard yesterday. A number of other Trump supporters outside, even in the White House, coming up to that, I can't go on. I have to resign. I cannot abide this. And there will be more. The effort is underway to destroy. Remember the prediction I played for myself four years ago. The effort is underway to make sure Trump does not succeed in 2024 and to make sure nobody else succeeds in 2024 trying what Trump tried. They're also trying to make sure that whatever happens in the midterms in 2022 bombs out. They're doing everything they can to make it impossible for people like you to stay a MAGA supporter. That's what is happening now. We'll just have to see how it plays out. Francie, Mount Pleasant, South Carolina. Hi. Rush, hello. We love you. We love you. We're praying for you. Um, I just want to share a phone call I had this morning with Nancy Mace's office. Nancy Mace is a newly elected representative from South Carolina, so she's been there a week. And I don't know if you saw how she has reacted to yesterday, but basically she's saying that, you know, Trump's legacy is ruined, yada, yada, yada. This is a woman who was heavily supported by Trump. She wouldn't be there without him. Um, So anyway, I called the office. I was furious. What made me the most mad was that the call the person I spoke to, her representative, um, said that if you saw his speech yesterday morning, there's no way you couldn't think that he was inciting violence. And I, I just dropped the phone. I couldn't believe it. It doesn't matter what you think. It matters what they report. The official record is that Trump incited violence. The official record is that Trump wanted you to go do what you did, except you didn't do that either. 
This is what happens. Yeah. Look, we've got one party rule here now with the uh, elections in Georgia. And the one party that's ruling here, uh, they're not concerned with the Constitution or the rule of law per se. They're more concerned with consolidating their, their power. But the, the, the movement now, the effort is in full full sway to destroy Donald Trump. This is it. If they could impeach Donald Trump today, I'm going to tell you, if they can get to Pelosi to come in and draft just a, just a couple articles of impeachment, Donald Trump's a pig, Donald Trump sucks, and then have Mitch McConnell have the Senate come in and vote on it, they could do it. And there are some Democrats who are urging this. They don't want Trump to be on the dais on Inauguration Day, a peaceful transfer of power. They want a peaceful transfer of power that they take in advance of, uh, of January 20th. They, folks, they, 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 want, they want the political casket of Donald Trump on display from now until Inauguration Day. That is their objective. Thank you, Francie. Appreciate it. We got time. Nah, I got to take a break here. Otherwise, we're going to have to be very unfair to the next caller. Let's take a brief break. We'll be back and continue in just a moment. And the first hour of today's excursion into broadcast excellence is in the can. I'm checking emails during the break, and I'm getting overwhelmed with uh, with email from people who say, look, my wife's friend is saying X, or my friend's brother is saying X. You don't have to do that. You can tell me what you think. I'm not going to mention your name. I'm not, I'm not going to put you at risk in any way, shape, manner, or form. You don't have to lay off what you think on some friend of your wife's or friend of your your your, uh, your your babysitter or whatever. Anyway, let me take a brief time out here at the top. We will continue in the fastest three hours in media right after this. Why are people still on the fence about owning gold and silver? I just don't understand. Have we already forgotten about regional bank closures, inflation, global instability, and the potential for serious world conflicts? You can look to precious metals for various reasons, One, having tangible currency on hand as part of your bug-out plan. Two, diversifying your portfolio as a hedge against inflation. And three, historically, gold increases in value over time. You keep yourself informed about global events. You see the increase in conflicts around the globe. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. The people with Oxford Gold Group are real pros. They make owning gold and silver simple and easy to understand. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. One more time, 833-995-G-O-L-D. Born from the tragedy of 9-11, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation has supported our nation's heroes and their families ever since. Heroes like Marine Corps Sergeant Adam Mayo. He served our nation for over seven years before he was severely injured during training. 
He was paralyzed from the chest down, severely limiting his ability to move around his home independently. Tunnel to Towers paid Sergeant Mayo's mortgage, removing a financial burden for him and his family. The foundation gave him a specially adapted smart home designed for his specific needs. Tunnel to Towers helped severely injured service members and first responders, as well as Gold Star families and the families of fallen first responders. It's already come to the aid of so many heroes and their families by providing mortgage-free homes. The foundation is also committed to eradicating veteran homelessness. Join Tunnel to Towers on its mission to do good. 95 cents of every dollar goes directly to their programs. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T2T.org. Look, I'm a two-way guy. Second Amendment, all about it. I appreciate the sport of shooting. I appreciate marksmanship. I appreciate the right to bear arms and to defend oneself. I also respect the craftsmanship of a well-made firearm at a phenomenal price. My first career out of college put me in parts of the world where, you know what, I had to have a firearm to protect myself. Years later, I keep myself trained and in shape with my firearms. Going to the gun range with my brothers on the weekend, that's a regular event for us. It's a great time to come together, and it helps keep our skills sharp. So if you're a firearms enthusiast like me, or you have one in your life, let me tell you about the industry's best-kept secret, Bear Creek Arsenal. They offer a wide range of premium calibers at a fraction of what the competition does. How does Bear Creek Arsenal do it? There's no middleman fees, that's how. I own one of their AR-15s. It is an incredible firearm. They know what they're doing. Discover Bear Creek Arsenal. Go online to bearcreekarsenal.com slash buck. That's bearcreekarsenal.com slash B-U-C-K. Use my name, Buck, as your promo code for 10% off your first order. You're going to be amazed at the incredible quality of their firearms and the unbeatable price. Bearcreekarsenal.com slash buck. Use the name Buck to get that 10% off your first order. The views expressed by the host on this program still documented to be almost always right. 99.8% of the time. It is great to have you with us. Rush Limbaugh and the EIB Network, 800-282-2882 if you want to be on the program. Folks, it's really good to be back, I have to tell you. The uh, the past two weeks have not been a vacation. They have not even been any semblance of a break. Uh, they have not been relaxing in any way, shape, manner, or form. My, my plan was to be back here on, um, <clears throat> excuse me, on Monday. And there was no way, and and I I did everything I could uh, to be back, but there just uh, no way it was going to happen. So um, that, I'm just glad to be back. Let's uh, put it that way. Now I've got a couple of things that I want to share with you here, just just to show you how um, really off the rails. This stuff has gotten in terms of, uh, of, of logic. And I, I mentioned to you moments ago, the left is literally thinking about them. And you can find news stories. <laughs> news, there isn't any news. You can find, quote unquote, stories in the media about the plan to impeach Trump now. Now, I don't know how widespread it is, but I'm telling you it's real. There are people, a lot of maybe pundits... But you know as well as I do, it doesn't matter where you find a leftist, they're leftists. They're either disguised as journalists or elected Democrats or what have you. So pundit, journalist, commentator, name your, pick your poison. 
They are suggesting that Trump be impeached, that he is such a threat that yesterday proves what a threat Donald Trump is. We can't wait two weeks. We can't wait till the 20th. We can't wait for Trump to be uh, constitutionally uh, uh, disempowered. We can't wait for the peaceful transfer of power that Trump has now signaled he will participate in. We need to get rid of him now. Pelosi is being urged to come up with a couple of articles of impeachment that I joked earlier when I said Donald Trump sucks and Donald Trump's a windbag. They'll be more specific. Donald Trump is a danger to America. Donald Trump sponsors riots. Donald Trump sponsors looting, whatever. And then they want Mitch McConnell. Remember, the Republicans still run the Senate up until the 20th. Well, not till the 20th. They want McConnell to call the Republicans, to call the Senate in and vote to convict Trump and impeachment. And they want the impeachment on the record. They want it in the official history of the United States that Donald John Trump was impeached and removed from office on whatever date. Now, what does that tell you? Me and Rush... They must really have been vindictive. Nah, it's not vindictive. They're scared to death of the guy, folks. They're scared to death of the support for him that you exhibit. They are scared to death. They, they, they are deathly afraid that they will not succeed in forcing you to abandon Trump. Now, they've got a bunch of people in Washington who've thrown Trump overboard. But you haven't, and they are probably calculating that they don't think they will be able to. Here's some news from CNBC. Senate Democrat leader Chuck Schumer calls for Trump's immediate removal from orifice. He says that if Vice President Pence and the cabinet do not move to invoke the 25th Amendment, that Congress should reconvene to impeach Trump. Oh, yeah, you heard the 25th Amendment stuff, right? Oh, yeah. They want Pence. They want the vice president to lead the way on invoking the 25th Amendment. Trump is unfit. And they think they could get a bunch of people in the cabinet to agree with it. They want Trump forcibly removed. They want that on the record. They want to nullify his election any way they can. And this is the latest gambit. Impeachment or 25th Amendment. Then there's this story from Axios not too long ago. Here's the headline. And the headline pretty much says it all. Business leaders weigh cutting off funds to Republicans involved in electoral objections. Now, uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, before I finish, let me find something I know is really near the top of the stack of stuff here that I have. Because it is really classic what is on tap. This is from Jim Cramer. So before I finish that Axios story, this is Jim Cramer from uh, yesterday. It's his take on the stock market yesterday. 
And somebody sent me a note saying that they were really stunned that the stock market went up after the Democrat win in Georgia Tuesday. And the reason they were surprised is that most people figured that that would cause some selling off, since Democrats usually mean higher taxes and higher regulations. I have, I have tried to explain to people that that old relationship that Democrats are for the little guy and the Republicans are for the rich, that's out the window. That's gone. That's, that's not applicable anymore. <clears throat> Excuse me. It's the Democrats that are the party of the rich. And they've been the party of the rich for I don't know how long now, but it's not a, it, it's not a short period of time. They've been the party of the rich for a long time. The Republicans don't know what's happened to them. That's why the headline here, Business Leaders Way, W-E-I-G-H, put on the scales, Business Leaders Way cutting off money to Republicans involved in electoral objections. Many of America's top business people have had enough of political pandering to the mob. They plan to deny future donations to those Republicans who egged it on. The reason it matters is that senators like Josh Hawley and Ted Cruz may have been auditioning for 2024 presidential runs, but they've alienated some of those who could have helped fund the campaigns. So there is a move on. If you're a Republican businessman, if you're a rich Republican, if you're one of these Republicans that doesn't care about the little guy, that this is the... the, the the phony cliche, then you're not going to get any money. You're, you're, you're going to be ignored. You're going to have no political power. It doesn't matter how much money you give to people. They're not going to accept it. Politicians, Democrat politicians are not going to accept your money because you stand for Donald Trump and you stand for evil. Business leaders way cutting off funds to Republicans. We're, we're in full imposition of leftist ideals now. Business leaders, i.e., take your pick of a, you know, the phantom Republican Wall Street person, because most of them are now right aligned with Democrats. But any business leaders remaining aligned with Republicans are being threatened. We're going to cut off any kind of federal money, federal funding, whatever to you. So back to Jim Cramer and his take on the market. Now, excuse me again. Somebody thinking that the market would go down with Democrats winning the Senate. Who runs the market? Democrats. The stock market has been the lone respite for wealth. In America, not the little guy, not Main Street. And who's the who's in the stock market? The Democrat Party. This whole idea that the Democrats are the enemies of the rich, that hasn't been the case for 20 years. So here's Jim Cramer's take. The market sees the higher taxes, sees that higher taxes will now go on corporations meeting middle-income people are going to get that tax passed on down to them. In other words, the Trump tax cuts are going to be repealed as quickly as possible. Corporations don't pay taxes. They pass them on. They pass them down. 
It means middle-income people, customers, are going to pay higher taxes in the form of more expensive consumer costs. Higher-income people will be getting a big tax break in the repeal of the limit on deductions of state and local taxes. Remember when Trump came along, limited the uh, deductibility of state income taxes in certain wealthy blue states. Remember how that ticked them off? Oh, they were fit to be tied. You don't raise their taxes. You raise taxes on the little guy. So those blue states are going to see an immediate repeal of the salt tax, meaning they're going to get richer. Who's going to make them richer? Democrat Party. Higher income people are going to likewise keep their inheritance tax break due to fancy lawyering in the Senate committees. You may not know it, but favorable inheritance tax breaks have been part of recent tax policy. They're not going to change. Who benefits? The wealthy and the rich. And who's going to make them richer? The Democrats. Middle-income people, on the other hand, are going to get hit hard by the soon-to-come non-step-up in inherited assets. So if you're middle income, and that's, we'll, we'll say, up to, say, 100, uh, 120 grand max, you're going to hit uh, get hit very hard because soon they're going to stop inflating the value of inherited assets. Or are, they're, going to, they're, they're going to inflate inherited assets and then they're going to they're, well they're, they're going to eliminate that which is making inherited assets uh, advantageous so the middle class is going to get poorer and who is making them poorer the democrats are and then kramer says the list could go on but the rich who are now the biggest contributors and the best supporters of democrats why? They're going to be protected. The rest of us get higher taxes, higher costs of living. Who is going to bring higher taxes and higher costs of living to the little guy? The Democrats. How many people do you think voted for the Democrats back in November think they were voting against the rich? Yeah. A lot of them did. A lot of them think by voting for Biden that they were voting to get even with these ugly rich people. Just the exact opposite is going to happen. Now, the poor, the downtrodden, the homeless, the hungry, the thirsty, illegal immigrants, they're going to get additional government benefits. They're going to get some stimulus checks. They're going to be kept happy on the government plantation for voting Democrat in 2022. Make make sure they vote in 2022 for Democrats. That's how it's done. You always play forward. You always protect your supporters, i.e. the rich. You punish your opponents, i.e. the middle class. 
as it has evolved, and you get more and more people, you need a permanent underclass. Remember, the Democrats need a permanent underclass of people that are totally dependent on government, on them. So, summation, Jim Cramer, if you have a job, if you are a small business, if you have some few built-up retirement assets, Democrats are going to hit you. Democrats are going to come for you. They're going to take some more of what you have while telling you they're taking it from the rich. And you're going to applaud it. Yeah, it's about time the rich started paying their fair share. How often do you still hear that? You still hear this. The rich haven't been paying their quote-unquote fair share in who knows how long, but the whole notion of a fair share is bogus anyway, if you ask me. And if you care, I'll explain why later on in the program. But that doesn't matter. They've got this slogan that works for them. Why should they give it up? The rich aren't paying their fair share, and the Democrats are going to keep whittling away at it. So, bottom line is, the stock market is now in the total control of the rich elite socialists. It is the reservoir of their wealth. Now, there are some Republicans in there whose wealth is uh, in the stock market. They're going to be very quiet. They're not going to want to call attention to themselves. They're not going to want the rich, elite socialists who run the stock market to kick them out of it. We'll take a break and be back right after this. Hi, welcome back. El Rushbo, serving humanity, executing assigned host duties flawlessly, zero mistakes. Shopify. You heard of Shopify? You know, Shopify has announced that it has closed e-commerce stores on its site that were affiliated with Donald Trump. Business Insider says the pro-Trump mob, which stormed the Capitol, should be banned from their flights home, says Flight Attendance Union. Flight Attendance Union says the pro-Trump mob that stormed the Capitol yesterday should be banned from their flights home. They should just be stranded. They ought not be allowed to easily find their way home. Flight Attendance Union. Here's Roman, Tacoma, Washington. Great to have you. You're up next. Hello. Hey, thank you for having me, Rush. I'm a little nervous and have some mic fright, so forgive me. But I'm going to dive in by saying, obviously, you know, the riots and any kind of violence, I'm not for it. Protests are obviously the way to go. But I think a slight bit of aggression was little justified, I think, because many Americans fear what the Biden administration will bring. I personally don't fear, like, any kind of socialism during a time period of Biden, but I feel like uh, he won't get in the way of any imperceptible steps that the government will take to intervene more and more. And uh, Biden and big media now want to condemn violence because of a single event, but, you know, they basically turned their heads when, you know, the summer of love, they dubbed it, in Seattle, and uh, when officers were basically walked into the precinct and people getting shot, property being destroyed, and the homeless is running rampant. Yeah, but you see, you're, you're, yeah, that, that's right. There were no protests, though. Those were not protests. Those were not riots. Those were peaceful assemblies. And, uh, In the, okay. I know you, you, can, you can give me every fact. You took over a police station and burned it down. 
They wanted to defund the cops. They, uh, they in, C- in Portland, Oregon, there were 156 days in a row of riots, not protests, but they were peaceful protests, Roman. Apparently, as far so, as the yeah. media is concerned, peaceful protests. As far as the Democrat Party is concerned, peaceful protests. Yeah, and then one event happens, and, you know, God forbid the, the right steps out of line and turn away from any passivity out of frustration. That's uh, exactly right. One wrong word. I mentioned that at the top of the program today, and I assumed that most people would know what I meant by it. I don't know if uh, if you do or not. <clears throat> Excuse me. I don't know if you know or not what I mean by that. Let me explain it. Let me stop with the code lingo. One wrong word means any of you who come out and speak in any way in defense of Donald Trump are painting a bullseye on your back and your front. The narrative is that yesterday was one of the worst riots in the history of our country because the Capitol was the target. The Capitol was attacked by a mob. The narrative is that Donald Trump ordered the mob to do what they did, even though he didn't. He did. I've read it. I've, I've, I've read where Trump ordered it. I've read where Trump demanded it. I've read where Trump suggested it. I've read where Trump inspired it. All you have to do is set up the narrative, the worst riots in American history because of the target, the U.S. Capitol. And then Donald Trump did it. Why? Folks, they're trying to tie Donald Trump to this phony narrative and send a signal if you defend him. Well, you just don't want to even think about it. All right, I'm going to get back to the phones in just a second, but I want to um, do a couple things here I intended to do about 20 minutes ago, and I decided to go to the phones then. Grab audio soundbite number 30. This is a, this is a two-part element of a point that I want to make. This afternoon on CNN's newsroom, the anchor John King had as his guest California Representative Democrat Karen Bass. And John King's question, some of your colleagues, some activists around the country, remember what happened in June when there were Black Lives Matter protesters in Washington. The Capitol was very well protected by police and other law enforcement in riot gear. Do you see where this is going? Do you remember, in fact, one of the narratives today is outrage in the media. Where was the Capitol Police? Where was law and order yesterday? Where was the stopgap? What the hell happened? How come these reprobate Trump protesters were allowed to even get inside the building? You've seen that, right? Oh, it's all over the place. How did it happen? How did these Trump protesters find their way even beyond the barricades? Who let them succeed to the degree that they did? Oh, there's livid outrage out there. So now, John King is asking Karen Bass, Democrat California, you saw that, right? And you see last summer, 
when it was black people protesting, why, there wasn't any shortage of cops, and there wasn't any shortage of Capitol Hill police. They were armed in riot gear, and they were waiting for you, and they were ready for you. Do you see any difference here? Do you have any explanation as to why that didn't happen? What happened to you last summer didn't happen yesterday? It's just an example of the double standard. Obviously, Black Lives Matter's protesters were perceived as very threatening, and for some reason, these weren't. But it is so demoralizing for people, in particular African Americans and other people of color, who know if you could even imagine if tens of thousands of young, old African Americans uh, attacked the Capitol like that, what would have happened? We are just sick and tired of seeing the same type of double standard. So she knows there's a double standard, but she totally blows it. She thinks the double standard is that the cops were told to stand down because it was a bunch of white Trump supporters and that the cops were told to let the Trump people have their way around the place. But when everybody knew that it was Black Lives Matter coming, why, here come the racist cops with their barricades and their billy clubs and all the rest of it. Imagine how frightening. We are just sick and tired of seeing the same type of double standard. Meanwhile, the truth is that nobody even reported the property destruction, the fires, the looting that occurred in blue city after blue city last summer. Portland, Seattle, Minneapolis, New York City, I could go on. She thinks that there were massive anti-black protests, massive anti-black cop attitudes. Anti, my, the, the, the truth is that the narrative makers didn't even report these riots last summer. So if you don't watch drive-by media, you don't know that they even happened. And I'm not exaggerating. And this, ladies and gentlemen, this is, this is a profundity. This is something, this is really important. This is all part of the narrative here that Trump's a bad guy, that Trump supporters, you are bad people, and that somebody was on your side letting you commit mayhem. Somebody in a Capitol Hill police defied Nancy Pelosi and allowed you to get inside the Capitol, and break windows and who knows whatever else. It was horrible. It was rotten. And everybody knows that if those protesters would have been black, that would have never been allowed to happen. So that's the double standard? No. (laughs) It is the double standard is that that which happened yesterday, which happened every day for 150 days in a row last summer, was never even reported. It was never condemned. Remember Trump going on television every day begging the mayor of Portland, the governor of of Oregon, we'll come fix it. It'll take us 30 minutes. We'll come fix it. We'll bring the National Guard, governor said to Trump. (laughs) Same thing in the state of Washington, same thing in the state of Minnesota. They weren't happening. The riots weren't happening. The looting wasn't happening. Don't, don't talk to Governor Cuomo about it. They don't know what you mean. What riots? What looting? There wasn't any of that. I didn't see it on TV, so it didn't happen. Now, I take you to a popular sports website, which makes the same point. 
as uh, as Karen Bass. For many of us, today's events represent the realization of vague fears and concerns that have rattled around in our brains and our beings and our souls for the last four years. The violent insurrection against our capital during the certification of our most recent presidential election may not be the end. It simply may be the beginning of the end. The images have created shock. The response by the uniformed authorities has created confusion. As many have argued, if the insurrectionists were black or brown, they would have cuffs on their wrists at best, tags on their toes at worst. So where does the sports world fit into this? Well, at a time when players and some reporters have moved beyond the stick-to-sports mantra used by those who don't want to hear opinions that differ from theirs, Players and some reporters have been willing to use their platforms. This goes on to uh, essentially demand that NFL uh, corporate and that NFL owners step up and finally condemn Trump and Trump supporters And do all the other things they want, like hire Kaepernick and you, you take your pick. Similarly, the league's official websites posted an article with reactions to yesterday's events from various NFL players. It's proper, it's appropriate, it's necessary. But it is hollow without the voices of the men and women who own sports teams. Most of whom, by the way, are thought to be Republican, i.e. donors, supporters of Trump. Not known, but, but thought to be. Not just NFL owners, plenty of whom have supported Trump with voices, votes, and financial devotion, but all sports owners in all leagues. Where are they? What do they have to say? Our 45th president, Donald Trump's incited insurrection in a last-ditch effort to remain in office and, uh, in turn, immune from arrest and prosecution from past alleged crimes. Now, I'll tell you who wrote this, and he's a good guy. I know him. His name is Mike Florio, and he has built a business out of nothing. Uh, NBC Sports Talk is, I think, the go-to sports website now. Uh, even way beyond ESPN, it is just the best. They do when it comes to reporting of the NFL and keeping fans up to date on the absolute latest. There's no better place to go than NBC Sports Talk. But um, as is the case in all journalism, there are liberals there, and they're making it clear their opinion on uh, on all this. So. That's the author of the piece, and it's uh, it's nothing new, by the way. I mean, Florio has been consistent in this, and I am not uh, doing any of this to be uh, critical or anything. I'm doing it to make a point here. Here you have Karen Bass, the Democrat congresswoman from California, looking at what happened yesterday as a double standard, and we look at something and see it totally differently. We had a summer's worth. We had 
In Portland, 156 days in a row of riots that were never condemned, that were never even talked about. The governor made not one effort to stop them. Trump was offering. Same thing in Seattle, same thing in New York, same thing in, uh, in Minneapolis. And yet, we're told that the double standard is that if the protesters have been black yesterday, why, heads would have cracked. Well, all of the protests last summer were black. There were some, in fact, you know, that the, the truth of the matter is that so many Black Lives Matter protesters are white women. But the leadership of the group is African-American. Same thing with Antifa. Uh, but people look the other way at it for that very reason. One attitude yesterday, one, one, one act yesterday, and it's the target that causes or gives everybody the um, freedom here to react to it, and that is it's the U.S. Capitol. Anyway, I have to take a brief time out. We'll do that and be back in just a moment. Do not go away. Greetings and welcome back. Your guiding light, Rush Limbaugh, talent on loan from God. And just to make sure everybody understands, when the analysis here of Karen Bass, Democrat from California, Mike Florio, and his his really great website, Pro Football Talk, uh, there's no, I'm not being critical here. Anybody can say what they want to say about anything, particularly if they run a website. Well, some of uh, uh, today maybe not be the truth of that on one side of the aisle. But the my point is to point the double standard that exists. I think one of the problems is, uh, as I have said, one of my failures over the course of my career here is the lack of success in convincing people, not that's not the right word, in properly informing people the true nature of today's American left. And so I continue in the quest. And so here we've got a great example of a couple people on the left who think there's a grand double standard in the reporting of what happened yesterday. And you and I think there is too, but we think it's a completely different double standard. And that's all I'm attempting to, to point out with it. Um, an educational outreach, uh, if you will. In the meantime, I, uh, I've heard all these people in Congress talking about how they were scared for their life yesterday. Have you heard that, Mr. Snurdly? Did you hear that, Don? You know, try losing your paycheck for nine months and try having your family business shut down. Imagine you own a restaurant in New York. You're coming up on nine months, buddy, where you haven't been allowed to open your doors. Eh, You've been allowed to serve outside patio and all that, but I mean, were people's lives on the line yesterday? I guess even if they think so, maybe they were. I don't know. But try losing your paycheck for nine months or ten months. Try try, try being one of these people that doesn't care about anything other than the COVID relief bill. Imagine your life is nothing but paying attention 
to the politics of the COVID relief bill, because in that relief bill is a $600 check for you. That's that's fear, if you ask me. I remember driving around this country back in March, April, and looking at all the closed small businesses. And some of them were not small businesses. They were named like small businesses, but they were actually corporately owned and they were franchises. But still, well, they might have been small business even at that. And I just, it it broke my heart. And I I don't mean to be redundant in telling you this over and over. It just broke my heart at what was happening. Locking down the whole country for, for one reason, to delay the inevitable. That is the impact of COVID-19. We're going to stop it. We weren't going to eliminate the impact of COVID-19. We're just going to delay the inevitable outbreak, which we did. And I, I remember being scared for the country back in March and April. And I became vocal on this program for the need to open back up and let people make their own decisions. That we've never locked down the country in the face of a pandemic before. And we haven't, folks. And we've had flu strains that are, on a per capita basis, apparently much deadlier than COVID-19. But, see, we have vaccines for the flu. Or we think we do. We actually don't, but we have flu shots. But I don't know. I just, I, I felt scared for the country. As I drove around, I felt scared for people I didn't know. I felt deathly afraid for people who I thought had invested everything they had into their little business. And here it was being destroyed right out from under them. With the best of intentions at the time, I'm certain, but just it just it ripped my heart out. So, yeah, I think... I understand being scared for my life or scared for your life. But as usual, the elected officials among us think if it happens to them, it's worse than to anybody else. I got to take a break, folks. We'll uh, we'll do that. And uh, I might have time to squeeze a call in. I'll just have to be very microscopic with my analysis of time. Well, it looks like the wife of Cocaine Mitch, the turtle... Cocaine Mitch, by the way, is his nickname on the blogs for a reason I've never seen explained. So don't look to me. I just, in fact, I prefer the turtle, which is my, uh, my, my, my given nickname for Mitch McConnell. And don't misunderstand. Don't misunderstand. But his wife is Elaine Chow. She has just resigned. She's Secretary of Labor, I think. Secretary of Treasury, Secretary of Bussing, I don't know what. She quit. What? I tell you, I got a staff here that just, you can't believe how living this day. Don't let the door hit her on the way out. Well, somebody needs a swamp job is what it means. Uh, <clears throat> and, of course, uh, Mitch himself is under pressure to complete the impeachment of Trump. That That's a real thing that they're trying to get done, folks. Be a Pelosi in the House and then McConnell with a pro forma guilty... 
verdict in the Senate. Why are people still on the fence about owning gold and silver? I just don't understand. Have we already forgotten about regional bank closures, inflation, global instability, and the potential for serious world conflicts? You can look to precious metals for various reasons. One, having tangible currency on hand as part of your bug-out plan. Two, diversifying your portfolio as a hedge against inflation. And three, historically, gold increases in value over time. You keep yourself informed about global events. You see the increase in conflicts around the globe. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. The people with Oxford Gold Group are real pros. They make owning gold and silver simple and easy to understand. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. One more time, 833-995-G-O-L-D. Since 9-11, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation has been committed to improving the lives of America's veterans, first responders, and their families. For over 20 years, the foundation has helped America keep its solemn promise to never forget. Tunnel to Towers provides mortgage-free homes to Gold Star families and the families of fallen first responders with young kids, builds specially adapted smart homes for severely injured veterans, and is working to eradicate veteran homelessness. David Marshall served in the Army during World War II and fought in the Battle of the Bulge. He has never forgotten the sacrifices of his comrades-in-arms, nor the efforts of his first responders on 9-11 and in the days and months that followed. He is a loyal and proud Foundation donor. Tunnel of Towers is committed to supporting veterans, first responders, and their families, and so many of them need your help. Join the Foundation on its mission to do good and never forget. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel the to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. Look, I'm a two-way guy. Second Amendment, all about it. I appreciate the sport of shooting. I appreciate marksmanship. I appreciate the right to bear arms and to defend oneself. I also respect the craftsmanship of a well-made firearm at a phenomenal price. My first career out of college put me in parts of the world where, you know what, I had to have a firearm to protect myself. Years later, I keep myself trained and in shape with my firearms. Going to the gun range with my brothers on the weekend, that's a regular event for us. It's a great time to come together, and it helps keep our skills sharp. So if you're a firearms enthusiast like me, or you have one in your life, let me tell you about the industry's best-kept secret. Bear Creek Arsenal. They offer a wide range of premium calibers at a fraction of what the competition does. How does Bear Creek Arsenal do it? There's no middleman fees. That's how. I own one of their AR-15s. It is an incredible firearm. They know what they're doing. Discover Bear Creek Arsenal. Go online to bearcreekarsenal.com slash buck. That's bearcreekarsenal.com slash B-U-C-K. Use my name, Buck, as your promo code for 10% off your first order. You're going to be amazed at the incredible quality of their firearms and the unbeatable price. BearCreekArsenal.com slash Buck. Use the name Buck to get that 10% off your first order. Well, here the president-elect just, just made my point on this double standard business. Out there making a speech. He said that black rioters would have been treated much differently than the Trump rioters yesterday. I swear, folks, this... This disconnect, you know what? It isn't a disconnect. They're just saying this. They, they know damn well that they are. 
some of them do. They they know damn well that they're engaging here in just distortions of the truth and reality. What is this? African-American black rioters would have been treated much differently than the rioters yesterday. You know what this is? This is an offshoot of the news narrative that started yesterday. How the hell did they get so close? It was an attack on the Capitol Hill police. It was an attack on the white Capitol Hill police. Who the hell were, what were they thinking? How did they let these Trump supporters get so damn close? You know, I, for one, I'm not convinced that these protesters yesterday were, were, were Trumpists. I, uh, I think there's plenty of Antifa people in there. I think there's all kinds of Black Lives Matter people in there. That's what they do. They infiltrate. They impose themselves wherever there's a riot, they show up. Sometimes they start one. Uh, how about Ferguson, Missouri? How about Baltimore, Maryland? I mean, they've got rent-a-mobs and they show up everywhere. And part of the modus operandi is to see to it that people other than them get blamed for it. But here's Biden. African-American rioters would have been treated much differently yesterday. So the, the promulgation of this supposed double standard is underway. And it's all about rewriting the truth of what happened yesterday. In fact, the real effort may be to prevent the truth of what happened yesterday from taking hold and taking root. Because the truth of the matter is, what happened yesterday, this is not what Republicans do. Now, it is true that Republican Trump supporters have shown up in Washington at random times to engage in protest movements, uh, moments and, and <clears throat> rallies, but they've not destroyed anything in the process. They've not burned anything down. It's, it's not, <clears throat> excuse me, who we are if I may use the personal pronoun. It's just not who we are. Everybody knows this is how the left operates. They're the ones that start fires and conduct riots and engage in civil unrest. They're the ones that participated in 150 days plus in a row riots in Portland. Nearly that many in Seattle. And yet all of that is now being laid off on Trump supporters. There's another reason, by the way, they want to impeach Trump. And folks, I am telling you, they're deathly afraid of him. I mean, that's what all of this really means. They're deathly afraid he's going to come back. They think he's Godzilla. They can shoot him full of radiation from their biggest radiation gun they got in hiding out at Area 51, and he's still going to come back from it. So if they impeach him and they remove him from orifice, even now, when he's just 13 days away from being removed from office constitutionally, the Senate could subsequently vote to disqualify Trump from ever holding federal office again. This according to Jim Acosta of CNN. 
Schumer and the Democrats are pushing this. And that's why they are hopeful they can come up with a way of making sure that Trump can never, ever do this again. And this was, again, I'll not play it, but my prediction in October 16th, October 10th, 2016, that this is exactly, in fact, grab it, audio soundbite number one. I want you to hear it again, folks. I'm not going to give up on this effort. I have underway to convince as many people as possible who the American left is. Remaining the establishment and in power, they're just not going to sit back and trust this to your votes. They're not going to trust this to an election, to a campaign. They're not going to trust it at all. They're going to do everything they can to destroy whoever it is that wants to take control from them. And in the process, they're going to destroy that person so as to send a message to the next guy, don't even think about it. Don't even try. Look what we did to Donald Trump. Look what we did to whoever is the message. That's exactly right, and it's underway as we sit here. I got an email I want to share with you from a very eager beaver listener to this program. Dear Mr. Limbaugh, I honestly don't think that I'm ever going to bother to vote again. And I don't think the Republicans are counting on this. But I honestly don't think I'm ever going to bother to vote. Because, Mr. Limbaugh, even when we do manage to elect conservatives or at least not socialist Republicans, the left still sues until they find a judge who undoes the law the Republican passed. Find a judge in Hawaii, find a judge in the state of Washington, find a judge in Oshkosh, wherever they have to find a judge. And whatever presidential executive order, whatever new law the president's responsible for that his voters wanted, find a judge to stop it. So what does it matter, Mr. Limbaugh? The Republican Party has lost my vote for the foreseeable future. The GOP, the Republican National Convention Committee, has depended on people exactly like me to suck it up and give them whatever horrible candidate they throw at us. Then she lists a bunch of names here, but I'm not going to. Anyway, no longer. I, I will never support a candidate with an R behind their name again. I think I agree with Sarah Palin. Third party. Anyone? Well, you know what I think about third parties, but you can have your thoughts on that as well. I think, it. you know, I was talking about the flu earlier. I think that it's uh, it's worth noting here that we may have cured it. We may have cured the flu. Well, let me explain what I mean. At this time in 2019... Two years ago, the Centers for Disease Control reported 7,703 positive flu tests. Today, yesterday, whatever, 2020, no, I'm I'm talking in 2020, so I guess it'd be one year. The number's 36. 
or is this 2021? Maybe it's, at any rate, we've gone from 7,703 positive flu tests to 36 flu tests, either one or two years. That sounds like a cure to me. Why do you think that is? What could be possibly be the explanation for this? Have you heard of a new flu vaccine? Have you seen people lining up to get their flu shots and vaccines in record numbers? Have you, see, have you seen any news reports about the new successful treatment for the flu? Look, there's no greater student of quote-unquote the news than I am. Even when there isn't any news anymore, I know where to go to find the news. And I'm telling you, until the CDC announced this, I hadn't seen anything like it. Here's even a little little blurb here. CDC reports record low positive flu tests. As coronavirus cases surge nationwide, the flu has seen a remarkable dip. Reported cases of influenza, influenza reached record lows. It's in the Washington Examiner. It's a miracle. We've cured the infections called the flu. They've been plaguing mankind for Hundreds of years. Did COVID do it? Maybe so. Maybe so. We'll just have to see. Let me squeeze a couple of uh, phone calls in here while we have time. People have been patiently waiting. This this is Sean in Buffalo. Great to have you on the program, sir. Hello. Hi, Russ. Christ, peace and grace to you, my friend. Uh, thank you. Thank you very much. Um. Rush, I was there at the monument uh, the other day, and not one single person. Wait, 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 wait. What monument where? I was at the Washington Monument. Washington Monument. And and when were you there? I was there uh, from about uh, 11 to uh, probably about 5. What day? uh, Yesterday. Okay, okay. And I just want to say that not one single person who was on that stage directed or had anything to do with anything that happened. Ninety-nine percent of the people who were there were just there to assemble and peacefully protest. Yeah, I know. But what we're being told is that Trump gave a speech that you all heard and that after you heard the speech, that it's all you needed. You got in line, and you got marching orders, and you went down there, and you started attacking the Capitol building. That's not exactly how how it went down. Um, people started to filter out as Trump Trump continued to speak, started to filter down, and you started to hear some noises. No, no, we're talking like almost two miles between, you know, where, where the rally was and and uh, Capitol Hill. So. Uh, you could tell there was something going on. So as we're walking down, you start hearing things. Um, you start hearing pop bangs. And then as we get down there, we see, you know, there's people all um, on the stage and stuff. And, and then we uh, we then, then we start hearing stuff over social media that, you know, um, someone's been hurt and, you know, they, they, then the Arizona thing comes out that uh, the votes are being denied. And, uh, yeah, it, it was just it, 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 no one was uh, uh, 
other than these these small group of people went in there to do anything to do any harm. We were simply there to protest and, and to, to demand our government uphold its yep. constitution. I have to tell you something. You know, I have been to the United States Capitol a lot of times, folks. I have um, I've been to buildings nearby the U.S. Capitol. I've been in the Supreme Court building. I have been in the Library of Congress. Both are just right across the street on the eastern side, if I have my geometry correct here. And uh, I've looked at the place as an impenetrable fortress. There's, you know, I look at the U.S. Capitol. I said, there is no way this place can be penetrated. Now, I don't think that way, but I mean, I've never thought of infiltrating or attacking a government building. Don't misunderstand my point. I mean, but I've looked at it. It's massive. There are uniformed police everywhere. It's just not something that you would think you could successfully take over, and yet. We're being told that this is exactly what Trump inspired. And I just don't see it. After all, not even Antifa until perhaps yesterday has attempted that. Even Code Pink, as I mentioned earlier, they didn't try it. They waited to get invited in, to be invited in by Democrat senators when certain hearings were underway. But nobody has ever attempted Oh, they say, I know the, the 9-11 flights, one of them may have targeted the Capitol, but that's with an airplane dropping out of the sky. I'm talking about a bunch of people carrying MAGA flags take over the U.S. It's just not something that I think people would normally think is doable, possible. And yet we're being told that it happened without a moment's thought. Now, if it turns out that these protesters at the Capitol were Trump supporters, and I'm not yet convinced because, I mean, Rowan Scarborough has a story at Washington Examiner about the um, facial recognition that was used on, on some of the protests. They found a bunch of Antifa people in that crowd yesterday. But I think it needs to be pointed out that American conservatives have a heck of a lot more reason to be angry about things than the left does. Forget who protested and forget who showed up. I mean, if you really want to, you know, weigh on the scale, who's really, what has the left got to be mad about? You know, my point is no matter what they get, they're never happy. No matter what they win, they're never happy. It's never enough. Yeah, they're winning. They've won everything. They now control, effectively, the United States government. And they're still ticked off. And they're still mad as hell. And they're going to stay that way. You watch. Conservatives are having their hard-earned money taken away for it to pay for it. Via taxes. Who knows what else. All right, brief break. We'll continue right after this, folks. Don't go away. So I just told the staff, I just said to the staff, I expect a standing O at the end of this show for what I've done today. And you know what I heard back? We're going to wait and see what the next 30 minutes shows. Oh. 
Now you might understand why I caution you to be so complimentary about the highly overvalued, overpaid staff. And back to the phones we go. Randall, <laughs> Raleigh, North Carolina, glad you waited. Great to have you here. Hello. Yes, sir. Hey, Rush. I'm so honored to be with you today. Thank you, sir. Um, um, I was calling in to, to say I was at the uh, the rally yesterday and at the protest, protest at the Capitol. And I want to preface this by saying that this, in, in my belief, this is the largest false flag operation that I have ever seen. Um, when we went, we're at the rally. The rally was completely peaceful. Everybody, it, it was it was great. There was so many people were packed in like sardines. Everybody was happy, smile on their face. Trump spoke. We, me and my brother-in-law were there. We left a little bit early before Trump um, finished his speech because we wanted to get to the Capitol and kind of be up front. So we we left a little bit early. Got there. Um, we stopped at a food truck. There was a guy that came by the food food truck where we were at. He was wearing all black. He walked up to me and he said. Man, you're missing all the action. Um, they're they're uh, they're trying to take take the the Capitol building. And I said, really? And my brother-in-law was like, well, what, what do you mean? He's like, yeah, we were up there. And my brother-in-law said, did you do that? He's like, yeah, yeah, we did it. We we need y'all to come on, come on. So we finished. We we grabbed our food and we went up there quickly. We got close and they had already taken the lawn that was there. And they were every everyone was up to the steps. The cops had the barricade. We heard people yelling and screaming. We wait, 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 wait. The cops yes, had the barricade, what, down or up? They had the barricade in front of them guarding the Capitol building. And all the all the people that were there protesting were standing on the other side of the barricade. Both sides? Both. No, they weren't. They weren't on the inside yet. This is before. It okay. Kind of, it okay. Took over. It's my hearing. Forgive me. I'm just trying to keep up. Okay, go. Oh, that's okay. Um, so we saw a guy that looked really suspicious. He was wearing all black, black hoodie. Um, or a black face covering, all black boots and everything. He dead giveaway, Democrat, dead giveaway. He crouched down behind us, and we saw him lighting a flare. He lit the flare and threw it at the cops. Me and my brother all... Wait brother a minute. Like, this guy clad in all black hoodie crouched and, and, and lit a flare and threw it at the cops. Yes, sir. He lit the flare, threw it at the cops. Both me and my brother-in-law were looking at him, caught eye contact. Oh, my God. I'm sorry. Hang on. Don't, don't, don't go away. Well, I told you, now it's official. Pelosi, Nancy Pelosi, says that the Congress will impeach if the 25th Amendment is not invoked. It's right up there on television. It's right up there on CNN. That makes it real. <clears throat> Congress will impeach if the 25th Amendment is not invoked. Now, that... Is uh, that's throwing down the shield of Mike Pence and anybody else in the Trump cabinet? We'll see how this uh, manifests itself, folks. If if you're carrying a new cell phone these days, and I'm a lot of you may have gotten one for Christmas, or you may have bought one for yourself when your loved ones failed to notice what you really wanted, so you had to go take care of it yourself. Either way, good for you. Enjoy it. They're great. But remember, new devices come with new opportunities for cyber hackers to get hold of your information. Now, you protect that phone and all of that private data on it with software from Norton. Norton, the lead, longtime leaders in cybersecurity. Norton 360 is actually the name. It's what it's called. It is real-time protection for your cell phones, your computer, your iPad, your tablet, 
You download the software, you activate it only one time, and each of your devices is protected from malware, from ransomware, and threats to your personal information. Norton 360, one of the best security protocols that exists out there is a VPN, a virtual private network. A VPN literally hides your online presence. It hides your connection. Nobody will ever know you're connected if you run through a VPN. You could have a hacker. You could you could be at a at a public Wi-Fi place. You could be at a bookstore, coffee shop, whatever. You could be on public Wi-Fi. It could be a hacker sitting right next to you, desperately trying to find your connection to plant malware on your device. He will never see, or she will never see your connection. If you're running a VPN in Norton's, we think it's the best. Norton 360 also features a password manager and any number of other things that do just one thing. Protect your security while you are online. And you can save 50% off on your first year at Norton.com slash Rush right now. That's Norton.com slash Rush, 50% off. Uh, Dr. Randall in Raleigh, you were there. And I'm sorry I misjudged the clock here when I took your call. I didn't mean to run out of time on you. Please resume right where you left off. Okay. so We had a black Democrat, a a clad black-robed Democrat who had fired off some kind of a Flare. A flare at people. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Yes, sir. He he lit the flare behind us and threw it at the police. We turned around, caught eye contact with him. As soon as he saw that we saw him, he it was like his facial expression was like, "Oh man, I'm caught." And then he took off. We didn't see him again. And then as soon as as he left, we looked back and there was a guy standing a little bit further behind where he was at that was wearing all black, had a black book bag on, and I saw some patches on the back of his back his backpack looking like it was like a next military member or something like that. And I thought I saw him with a megaphone and he was screaming, "Everybody come over here, come over here." He was trying to get his group together. And with with doing that, it, it seemed like he was trying to get his group together and anybody else willing to do something. So I, I told my brother-in-law, something don't look right about this. What's going on with this guy? What is he doing? Um, he they they were antagonizing things. They were trying to get things stirred up. They were the the people up at the barrier that were uh, right across. Well, how do you know this wasn't a Trump guy? I don't know, but I'm telling you, I, I feel 100% confident based on the way the events rolled out that it had to be Antifa because everybody was so peaceful. I mean, I didn't see anybody that, at the rally that, that caused any kind of problems. Everybody was in good spirit. They just they just want our country. They want to save our country. That's all. That that was the heart of the people out there. So this, when I saw all this, you know, this, I'm I'm struck by something. You're listening to you and and uh, hearing your your story. And I don't mean this to sound insulting. I don't mean it that way at all. So please do not interpret it that way. But I just, I'm struck. So you had, a, you had a MAGA rally yesterday, Trump rally, and he gives a speech that's attempting to inspire and, and motivate his supporters. He wants the Republican Party to survive in his name. He wants MAGA to be the ideological identification of his ongoing party. And his supporters show up. They're loyal They love him. They want to do anything they can. 
And despite, despite all of the known history, they show up and there has to be a little naivete attached to them because I have no doubt that a rally that big or a conglomeration of people that big is seen as a target by leftist groups, something to infiltrate, something to commandeer, something to take over. It's their modus operandi. So on the one hand, you have these good-hearted, decent people just trying to save their country, save their their pocketbooks, save their bank accounts, save their kids, do this, do that. And then you've got these rabble-rousers on the other side. And it just kind of breaks my heart that, that, that people continue to show up with the best of intentions, the expectation that fairness is going to be present. And yet every time, this is including Trump, every time people get together, there is a way found to sabotage it in the media. In the media, a way is found to sabotage every successful Trump event, Trump achievement, you name it. Or, if it's needed, a way is found in the media to destroy something that is otherwise a great, profound success. There was a tweet from Paul Sperry. Yesterday, actually last night near 9 o'clock, breaking news, he says, former FBI agent on the ground at the U.S. Capitol just texted me and confirmed that at least one busload of Antifa thugs infiltrated peaceful Trump demonstrators as part of a false Trump flag ops. So I saw this last night. It, It confirmed something that I thought. I don't believe that Whatever violence there was yesterday was from Trump people. But it doesn't matter because the drive-by media is reporting the exact opposite. And that's the quote-unquote narrative. But Paul Sperry, Paul Sperry does not have a bad track record. He tweets things. It turns out that they end up being true. So here's what it seems the rules of the game are now, folks. Antifa and Black Lives Matter got a free pass. The Democrats have no ties to them. The Democrats, the media, there is no linkage to Antifa and Black Lives Matter. Other than the Democrats love them and think they're great civil rights organizations, but they don't know them. What happened at the Capitol yesterday, that's all the fault of Trump supporters. Republicans are dangerous, they are violent. Democrats are mostly peaceful, didn't that what we heard last summer? So these are the rules that we are expected to play by. And you wonder why the country's divided? You'll notice it didn't take two shakes from Wednesday for the Republicans universally to condemn the Capitol rioters. They didn't even know who they were yet. They didn't even know who the rioters represented. They made fast tracks to microphones in Canberra to make sure everybody knew they were not affiliated with them. Democrats ever do that? No. 
Democrats never condemn violence, especially if they think it's going to help them. And that's the best rule of politics is who benefits. Qui bono. How would Trump or his supporters benefit by attacking the Capitol? How in the world is that going to help anybody? Even the Trump supporters have no illusions. They don't think that's going to help them. But for the Democrats, oh, good grief, it's a godsend. It's a godsend. It moves the focus off the stolen election. And it's a way to try to discredit Trump forever. The Democrats couldn't have scripted it better. Which tells me that they did script it. Who benefits? How in the world did what happened yesterday benefit Trump or his support? I give you the news of the day as the answer to the question. How in the world does what happened yesterday benefit Trump or his supporters, i.e. you? Notice the Republicans in Capitol Hill, like uh, Lindsey Graham. What number is Lindsey's soundbite again? Did I looking for it very quickly here? We'll find it. It's number 14. Would we hear it in three? I'll give you extra second. Four, three, two, one. Trump and I, we've had a hell of a journey. I hate it being this way. Oh, my God, I hate it. From my point of view, he's been a consequential president. But today, first thing you'll see. All I can say is uh, count me out. Enough is enough. I've tried to be helpful. Last night, Senate floor. You see, the, the Republicans, they waste no time. They make tracks to the nearest camera microphone. If they have to go to the floor of the Senate where the cameras are built in, they'll do it. They went out there. They made fast tracks to condemn the rioters without even knowing who they were because they know they're going to get blamed. The Democrats never do it. The Democrats never condemn violence, especially if they think it's going to help them. Especially if they think it's going to destroy a political enemy. So now politics, and you may laugh at my observation here, politics has been thoroughly poisoned. (laughs) I know it sounds ridiculous, but it's purposeful. And now a political party that embraces violent radicals and all forms of collectivism, socialism, communism, radicalism, they now control the legislative and executive branches of the country. I understand why people on our side might want to check out, like my letter from my friend I just got moments ago. Not voting ever again, Rush. Not doing it. They've lived on the expectation of my vote all my life. I'm not giving it to them anymore. And a lot of you feel that way. Now, that's what they want you to do. I just want to remind you. They want if you, you have to know your political enemies. You have to know what they want and how they go about it. That's the only way this is ever going to stop. It's the only way they're ever going to get beat. You have to stop thinking of them as your equivalent on the other side. There's nothing that you have in common with them. In that sense, let's take a brief break and resume when we get back. Okay, looks like the Washington Times has retracted their article claiming a facial recognition company. 
identified some Capitol rioters as Antifa. This is a Hill.com story by Jordan Williams. So I wanted to make sure and uh, pass that on. Here's Pelosi threatening to do it. This is uh, Capitol Hill in her press briefing earlier today. I joined the Senate Democratic leader in calling on the vice president to remove this president by immediately invoking the 25th Amendment. If the vice president and the cabinet do not act, the Congress may be prepared to move forward with impeachment. Why do they care? He's gone in 13 days. He's gone a week from tomorrow. Why do they care? I've told you because there ain't going to be Trump again. There ain't going to be Trump 2024. That's what these people are aiming for. If he was impeached, they get subsequent legislation claiming because he's been impeached, he cannot ever run again. Then they think they've slain Godzilla. Who's next? August. August, White Lake, Michigan. Great to have you, August. How are you doing, sir? Hey, sir. I'm doing fantastic, Rush. I can't thank you enough. You are family to me. You're my brother. You, Snurley, the whole EIB network. Awesome. And once again, my friend, you have fired me up, and you're going to change my life direction. Now, I went to some of these Trump rallies throughout the Midwest. Not one swear word. No drinking. No drugs. People of all ages, all sexes, all religions, just having fun, talking to one another, getting along. I went up to our capital yesterday in Lansing with my first cousin, Carl, had a great time. And at the end, they had different people talking from our own legislature, right? Our, our Senate and, and our Congress here in the state of Michigan, because we're so tired of this lockdown. Because I know people that are hurting it's not good. I don't like it. And I am going to, I'm not going to be violent, but I'm going to get in their face. And you just made me get even more in their face. I will go to Washington. I'm not going to put up with this. And for the rest of my life, at 66 years of age, I'm coming out of retirement, and I will dedicate the rest of my life to spiritual endeavors and political endeavors. We're not going to put up with this hatred and nonsense. We're going to start talking about the truth, and we're going to get people together, and we're going to make good things happen, and not only here for our country, but for the world. We will be the shining light. Nobody is going to darken the light of this country, not in my lifetime, ever. It's not going to happen. I give you that promise. Well, I'm I'm uh, overwhelmed with your optimism. I'm glad to hear it. Um, I look. I'm glad you called, and I'm glad you're out there, as I'm sure uh, countless others are. August, I really appreciate your your taking the time. I'm glad you held on. Uh, thanks so much, folks. We're down here just a. I got no time. I just knew I got to take the break here. Big. Thanks so much for being with us uh, today, folks. Every show seems like the most important. Every caller matters. The country we're born in is the best. And we'll see you open line Friday tomorrow. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. 
Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny. The warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I wanna confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast.